The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back, safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. Wizard of Oz is a familiar story that centers around the young Dorothy and her dear dog Toto, 
who embark on an unexpected adventure in the land of Oz after getting swept up in a tornado. As she follows the yellow brick road, Dorothy meets many friends and foes, including Glinda the Good Witch and the Wicked Witch of the West, who is wicked. Why else would she have monkeys, flying monkeys, as loyal sidekicks, right? Seems pretty wicked. But the musical Wicked, based on a book written by Gregory Maguire in 1995 titled Wicked, The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch of the West, tells a very different version of events. Why is the Good Witch called good? And is the Wicked Witch really wicked? Or is she just misunderstood? Our gospel today is another familiar story that we have heard many times before. The title makes it clear what it's all about. The prodigal son, the wasteful son, the selfish, impulsive one who had it all and threw it all away for fancy clothes, fancy friends, and a lifestyle that he ultimately couldn't afford. We know everything about this man, and we don't like any of it. And yet... As I've been reflecting on this text, I found myself wondering if this younger son isn't a bit like the Wicked Witch. Perhaps not totally bad, just misunderstood. And that maybe this prodigal son was actually the one who got everything right. Prodigal means wastefully extravagant. It means having or giving something away on a lavish scale. Prodigal is excess. And prodigal has become the defining word for this younger son's life. He can't even wait for his father to die before claiming his portion of inheritance, but asks for it outright and then leaves days later for a life of luxury in a foreign land, filled with what we can only imagine was lots of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. He lives large without a single thought about the consequences. This younger son is the poster party boy, if such a thing existed back then. But then, all the money is suddenly gone. A famine hits. He finds himself in need. No one would give him anything. But then, this is my favorite part of the story, he comes to himself and decides to go home. I recently read that help may be the bravest thing we ever say. And bless this younger son, he had messed up royally treated his father as dead, abandoned his brother, left an entire community behind, and squandered the entirety of his inheritance. But he did not give up or stay away. He knew that he needed help. And so he decided to return home. The prodigal son was excessive and extreme on almost every level, His sheer audacity in all things, his outrageous sense of self-confidence, his willingness to spend his entire inheritance and then find himself so impoverished he would have loved to be a pig. 
He had an extreme sense of hope to even imagine that he could return home to be received as a hired hand by his father. What if we lived our lives like this prodigal son? What if we loved extravagantly, served without abandon, truly danced like no one else was watching, and opened our arms to all? What if we allowed ourselves to mourn deeply, lament loudly, confess when we make mistakes, and ask for help when we need it? What kind of life would that be like? For so long we have been afraid. We have been cautious. We have been playing it safe with our love, with our energy, with our time, our money. Does it maybe feel like this is the responsible thing to do? That we should be toiling away day after day, year after year, like the older brother? Seemingly doing the right thing, but harboring bitterness and resentment in our hearts? The younger son certainly made his fair share of bad decisions, but was he bad? Is the older brother good? I'm not so sure. But I do know that our God is also prodigal and extravagantly lavish. God who created all things from nothing certainly knows a thing or two about living large and going big. After creating the world and looking out for God's people through times of slavery, wandering, and even worshiping other gods, God went even bigger. Jesus, God's own son, was born on earth to truly be God with us. Jesus, who healed the sick, walked on water, welcomed the children, invited friendships with men and women, ate with those deemed unworthy, died on a cross, and rose to new life. If that's not excessive, I don't know what is. Jesus told this parable to the scribes and Pharisees because they were grumbling about who Jesus was spending time with, that he was wasting his resources on those people instead of, it is implied, the far more sensible us. But that is exactly the point. Jesus lived large. So did the prodigal son. Each of them show us that it is possible to both go big and go home. They certainly did. And we can too. But we need to be open to trying. True confession time here. When I saw the musical Wicked for the first time, I hated it. Absolutely, totally hated it was completely not prepared that the Wicked Witch was now a character that I was supposed to understand, that I was supposed to like, to have empathy for. I was not ready to love her. But I gave it another shot. And the second time I saw the show, I was more prepared. I opened my heart left my expectations about right and wrong, good and bad at the theater door, and I loved it. The season of Lent is a time for each of us 
to return home in our own way to God, to turn back from our wilderness ways of living and enter into a renewed relationship with the one who has given us everything and wants nothing more for us to succeed to confess that we can't do it all on our own, that we need help, that our stories are intertwined with one another and that we are not wholly good or wholly bad. We are sinners, we are saved. We are recipients of grace, we are not graceful toward others. We are us, we are them. We are all learning how to love again, how to live again. And God is waiting, even now, to welcome us home with open arms, setting out a feast in anticipation of our arrival. Amen.